One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Curzon Film Podcast. In this episode, by the grace of God, we're joined by one of France's most prolific filmmakers, Francois Ozon, to talk about his new film. Plus, the hands of fate deal us monos. I'm Jake Cunningham, and helping me uncover the truth this week, Ella Kemp. Hello. And sadly, not stranded on a Colombian mountaintop, <laughs> Sam Howlett. Hi. I made it out. Yeah, you did. You got there in the end. You just had to tie a few empty plastic <laughs> yeah. water bottles and throw yourself down a waterfall. I did still a kid's wellies, though. Yeah, but he did make it to the podcast studio. <laughs> by the uh, grace of God. By the grace of God. See? <gasps> so we will start by talking about the, By the Grace of God, Ella. Uh, so this is Francois Ozon's true life drama that tells the story of three men who come together to dismantle the code of silence around abuse cases within the Catholic Church. It's set in France uh, and begins with Alexander, who lives in Lyon with his wife and children. Uh, he learns that the priest who abused him whilst he was in the scouts uh, was still working with children. And so he decides to take action and is joined by two other victims. And they band together to lift the burden of silence. Uh, and it's a, it's a really powerful film. It, it debuted at Berlin earlier in the year. And I think for me, this is... This is uh, actually one one of my highlights of the year i think this is a really impressive film and i think it's another addition to a really interesting career for francois ozon uh we've actually had him on the podcast before uh to talk about his film france which is this um lovely black and white historical melodrama and uh le monde double which ella you've confirmed as you speak french i've absolutely nailed absolutely parfait yeah thank you what does that mean it means which bit it's a dessert <laughs> That's it. Thanks. Um, and that, that film was a kind of double identity erotic thriller. And so it's great that he then moves from that into what is mm. easily called the French spotlight. Um, but it's a very different film to that. And so this is a director who really can just pick and choose a project and change his style accordingly to suit that. He's so interesting. And uh, so I was really happy to be able to sit down and talk to him about this film. Uh, prior to that, people might have seen Eight Women, uh, Swimming Pool, or In the House, uh, which is really, really good. Uh, like I would call that the French literary inception. Um, <laughs> but do check that one out, particularly if you like Kristen Scott Thomas, and who doesn't? Um, but this is, this is a really interesting film, and um, I'm curious to hear what you two made of it as well. Uh, I think it makes some bold decisions, particularly in, in how the story is told. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, 
rather than just telling the story straightforward, it get cuts to you have one character full of their short trajectory, and then maybe forty minutes later go to another, the third character, second character, sorry, and then the third character. We still cut back to those first two characters, but it is, as he says in the interview, like a relay, which is a really nice analogy for the structure of this film. Yeah, and even when it first starts, I find with a lot of these. A lot of films that have very controversial and controversial subjects and, well, that stuff that's made headlines, there can be a lot of exposition that kind of just tiptoes around it for a while. Whereas this one, because of the focus that it has on the characters is so sharp, his voiceover tells tells you within the first five minutes exactly what his problem is, what he's doing, what his mission is. And I really like how just to the point it is there's no there's no messing about with what's going on here and what needs to be fixed i know that it doesn't it doesn't start by heightening the stakes to kind of manipulate you into thinking about how awful that must have been it is matter of fact about it Mm. and i think it's really refreshing to see something of this subject matter come out like that um and it it will surprise people i think when they learn how recent these events are um Mm. because it it, the film happens over a two-year period uh which is 2014 to 2016 and when the film debuted uh, at the Berlin Film Festival this year in February, it ends with a title card uh, about the results to a trial that would be happening mm. in March of this year. And so it is an incredibly present film. Mm. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed talking to Francois about it. Uh, and here's a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago. How you doing, Francois? I'm fine. Happy to be in London. Lovely. Well, uh, I don't know if you'd be aware of this, uh, but... You are actually the first person to appear on this podcast three times. Oh, my God. Yeah, so for the last three films. Do, do you have a gift for me? Well, I was struggling to think, how do you give, what gift do you give to someone when you're talking about By the Grace of God? Uh, I think maybe it would have been easier for Lamont Duval to get a present around that. <laughs> okay. Um, but we, we're going to talk about By the Grace of God, and it's lovely to have you with us for the... A crucifix, maybe? Yeah. Yes, I would like to have a, a crucifix. <laughs> See, okay, next time round, whatever, okay. whatever the fourth conversation is, I'll bring you a crucifix okay, for that Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, so going to the new film, um, what's striking about it, and I'm sure what audiences will find um, quite shocking almost, will, is the fact that it's so present, that it is so grounded in like the immediate history. Um, I'm curious, how soon after the events that we see in the film were you involved in this project? Uh, actually, it was not my choice to make a film about uh, current news. You know, I, I wanted first to make a film about male fragility, and I was looking for a subject. And I discovered by chance on internet the testimonies of uh, uh, some victims of uh, pedophile priests. And so I decided to meet them, and they told me their story. And their story was still. Um, working of our life because uh, they were still fighting and um, so I was maybe innocent and naive and I said yes it's it's now but it's it's a good subject for a film so I decided to tell them story and to write a script and um, and I decide to 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 keep the names of the the personnel the 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 important characters of the story. It was maybe a mistake because it was 
a lot of problem, a big mess after that because some people try to stop the release of the film. But uh, at the end, the film was released and um, I had the feeling with today, with this period of transparency, of uh, of coming out, of Me Too, all these kind of things, it was uh, it would it wouldn't be a problem, you know, to 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 make a film about uh, something which is happening now. Mm. But actually, it was quite difficult. And when you're thinking of the story itself, how do you think when something is happening as you're writing it, how does that change compared to if this event happened 20 years ago? Um, actually, my, my, my film is about two, 2014 until 2016. So it was, uh, it, it was during two years. Mm. And I shot the film in uh, 2017. So I had a small distance, but I had a, a distance on the facts. And after things happen after mm. my film, and that's why at the end of the film, at the critics, I, I give the, the new information about, about uh, the facts. But um, I wanted to focus myself on these two years uh, from, uh, from, the, from the, the fight of Alexandre to the, the success of the association. Mm. And so you mentioned you wanted to explore male fragility. Yes. And I'm, I found it really interesting, particularly on the, the first two subjects that we see, how they are not maybe traditionally the the victim that we might see in film that they are they are confident they're proactive they're not totally being defined by the actions that have been forced on them yes. um, was that something that you found particularly curious about those men um i think for each one it's different you know they have a different way of reaction On the, on the facts, uh, I love with Alexandre the fact he was very Catholic. You know, he believes in the church, in the, in the he has the f he has faith in God, in the institution, and I, I thought it would be interesting to begin to start the film with him because uh, he thinks the church will change. He thinks the the cardinal will stop the priest, and uh, and he realized after two years two years of many letters, many meetings, that nothing will change. The, insti the institution is stronger and he decides to go to, to, to the justice, you know, and then an, an, a policeman begins an investigation and we discover some of our victims. And um, I like to, to show this story like a relay race between different characters and uh, And for each character, it's it's a new family, it's a new environment, it's a new uh, it's a new social position, and uh, all the reactions are different. It's very rich, actually. I think. Yeah, I think structurally, it's really interesting. You mentioned yes. it's like a relay race. Yes. Because, I mean, what are the challenges with a story like this, where you you it's in thirds? Each one has to be almost its own contained story whilst also filling in the wider story itself and yes. coming to a, a conclusion all at the same time. Yes. It was the big challenge, you know, and uh, my producers were a little bit nervous. They said, are you sure after 45 minutes the lead character disappears? It's not possible to have the same The, the three characters at the same time. I said, no, in the story, it didn't happen like that. And what I liked was this relay race, this idea. Of course, it was challenging because I didn't have in mind a film uh, with this kind of structure. I had more in mind some series, you know, sometimes there is one episode on one character, a second episode on another character. But in a film, I had never seen that. So it was the challenge. But 
I had faith in the strength of the character. You know, they are very different, and each time I have the feeling the audience can uh, identify to, mm. to, 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 to the character I show. Yeah. Uh, another area of the film, along with the structure that I really admired, was the voiceover. Yes. Uh, that's the, these emails that are going back and forth yes. that initially kind of just for me are working as narration they're guiding us along but then you kind of get into this Kafkaesque back and forth and then they almost become prayers in themselves the way that they just yes. float over the film yes I find that quite hypnotizing yes the voices over are very important and I I could have done all the film with voiceover until the end mm. because uh Internet was so important in this story and it happened fast because Internet was able to to re, um, to make the links between all the victims. You know, uh, sometimes in the second part of the film, I show some uh, meeting with all the characters and actually it didn't happen like that. It happened on the net, you know, the meetings one on the net. So they, they I could I had all the, <laughs> the mail of all the characters and um, and well, I decided to, particularly with Alexandre, to use all the, the real emails after I decided to create some real scenes. Mm. And uh, I'd love to ask you about Denis Menachet's performance because for me, as much as I love everyone in the film, he's, he's like my highlight there. Mm. He's, I think maybe it's just completely... You have to tell him. He, it's just perfect <laughs> casting as well, I think, because he is, he's a... He's a big man yes. and he's so physical and he is the opposite of what people might expect yes. of a man who has suffered abuse. Yes. And I wonder if you could tell me a bit more about your work with Denis on this project. Um, I know Denis for a long time because we met uh, together in the house. He had a small part in it. And... Um, I had I had the feeling he would be perfect for the part, but you never know. So I told him the story, and he was he was not crying, but he was so touched, and he said, "Okay, I do what you want." <laughs> he, he was so touched by the story, like many actors, because you realize, um, you know, the, the 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 work of acting is a work of dissociation, and you realize that uh, child abuse are able to make a kind of dissociation too, you know, when they are raped, they don't understand what's happening to them. So they, they block uh, the memory of what happened in their aid and they decide to, to go on, to live like and uh, uh, to go on to play like children and actors are a little bit like that. Mm -hmm. So I realized when I was making the casting, so many actors and actresses were abused was it was a real surprise but you can understand why why they become actor because they like to play and to escape from a reality of something they have lived when they were children or something they want to escape i wanted to ask about the moment that you decided to put a poster for spotlight in the film because i know that's obviously <laughs> something that people are going to be comparing this film to and i'm curious about that decision to actually Alors, it was it was a decision who comes from the which comes from the reality because actually the victims told me when we go to see the um, the inspector in his office there was a poster of spotlight and they were very happy because they said that means he's on uh, on her side mm. <laughs> and it was the reality 
because the film was just released at the moment uh, the investigation begins. And, uh, and you know, very often in France, the policemen have posters of movies <laughs> in and very often movies about their work. So, so it was a sign for the victims that uh, the police will help them to, 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 to fight. Mm. Yeah, it was a real surprise to see it in there. And, I th and at the same time, for me, of course, this film was important because when I met the victims, uh, I realized, because they knew I was a fiction director, they, they, they were waiting for a kind of French spotlight, you know, <laughs> even if it's not the same kind of film because spotlight is more on the point of view of the journalist. In the mm. case of my film, it's on the point of view of the victims. Yeah, and But the film was powerful and the film, the film changed things in America. So... They, they had the hope that my film could change something in France too. Yeah, let's hope so. Francois, thank you so much thank for Thank you joining to you. Us. Cheers. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So we briefly mentioned it before uh, hearing from Francois there. I want to go back to this the structure of the film um, because I think it is a really fascinating way to tell this story. Uh, as a, as a piece of story structure, a way of being able to tell this totally overarching story that feels connected whilst also telling individually these stories that each have their own beginning, middle and end. Uh, it is amazing. It's not necessarily... I know he calls it a relay race, but it's like he's he's leaving things behind along the way that can be picked up later on. Mm. It's this wonderful thread um, that manages to intertwine like a braid, one might say. Yeah, and there's a kind of structure that each um, sort of segment shares where, like, the character, you'll see the character in their natural environment and then they'll discover either that this case is going on or that the priest is still working with children and there'll be a sort of slow, like, realisation that this thing is sort of bigger than just what happened to them. And so the film, it does this really, really nice way of sort of zooming in and out all the time without you feeling like it's doing it too much or uh, hitting you over the head with how much it's doing that. Mm, yeah, and it, it doesn't feel like the characters disappear once their segment is mm. over. You can feel the weight of their mm. actions throughout the rest of the film. Mm. And also having this real-life weight, I think with stories that you know happened in the real world, in the film, these characters, some people are renamed. But when you Google the priest, you know, everything is, is as it is. And having just being so close to reality without over-dramatising it, without mm. kind of either hiding or enhancing it. I think to have that in the film that has so many characters, because it's got those, it's got the three main ones, but then 
I really like how you can see the whole association and all of other other people who have come forward, who are helping out, people's um, spouses and mm. families and all that kind of thing. And yeah, it creates this really huge picture that I then wouldn't describe as something that's trying to be epic or sweeping or melodramatic or anything like that. Mm. Yeah, this structure allows it to be intimate, mm. as intimate as it, as it can be. For a two hour and 20 minutes film yeah. <laughs> in a way. And also... Each of them had a very different experience, even though it was the same abuser and it was still a priest, but they each have a very different attitude to the Catholic Church after the abuse and everything. I think that's a really interesting thing to do. I think these films that tell these kind of stories about the Catholic Church very often fall on the Catholic Church is very, very bad, whereas this film gives you three very different attitudes towards that, which yeah, is I, I think really is interesting so and really... Yeah. The questions are so open. And yeah. I must say there's one line that, if anything, for me, left things too open when one of them is asked at one point, do you still believe in God? Mm. And there is this thing sometimes when very big questions are asked in film, there is a deliberate, there's a deliberate lack of answer Mm. at this point. But in a way, when I think back to it, it's quite nice to think this film is so open and, you know, it can maybe maybe some of these some of these men still do, some of them don't. And it's nice that there is that freedom with the truth Mm. and uh, well key to getting all of these reactions that we're having to this film is the three central performances from it Um, and so that's uh, Melville uh, Popold uh, Denis Menochet and Swan Arlode uh, who play the three men and they're they're very different, very interesting performances. Mm. Um, I spoke in the interview about uh, Denis Manoche's performance, which I I really found quite magnetic and really interesting representation of traditional masculinity. Um, but I want to flag the other two as well. Um, I think Swan Arlod in the in the final section is perhaps um, the character that we might traditionally expect to have been. Yeah, abused. he's the most um, broken character. Very emotional. Yeah. And he has these like violent fits uh, mm. when he um, sort of can't handle remembering what happened to him. And even the way his, whether I go into detail, that the way his body has been physically changed is really quite disturbing and mm. something that, again, these films haven't really explored before. Yeah. And, uh, but it doesn't feel like he's like gunning for sympathy or sure. like uh, performance credit for mm. this. This feels like a properly lived in thing. Um, and as an alternate to that, uh, Melville Popode. Uh, who plays Alexander is very like on the straight and narrow. He's the guy that opens the film with that matter of fact mm. narration. It's very calm and very, but it doesn't feel like it's monotonous. There's something very sturdy and and I don't want to say reassuring, but immediately he just inspires confidence in the way he lays everything mm. out and it never seems like anything is escaping from him. There's never any thoughts running away, never any words, never any actions. He's very focused, and I really appreciate that. I think it's really compelling to watch. Yeah, yeah, and um, I think for audiences, it's really refreshing to see um, the characters who are living full lives, who are being proactive, who are not um, just completely destroyed by mm. the actions of people before them. Um, and I think that that's something that's totally inspiring about the film. And a key little moment that I really liked was when two of the characters were actually able to make uh, quite a dark joke about their situation. Yeah. But clearly that that is actually just, even though it's five seconds of the film, that's this huge sign of progression and acceptance. And confidence. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, I think it's just this, this really lovely character beat. And th- there's so many little moments like that throughout the film. 
Um, also, these films usually, and this has been compared to Spotlight a lot, and I think Spotlight's great, I love Spotlight, but that's a film that very much focuses on the investigation and the importance of the freedom of press and things like that. And these films do tend to show these cases from the point of view of the investigator, like the journalists or the police, or even from the point of view of the abuser and try and make them the lead character. Um, and I think it's really important that this film, front and centre, it's all about the victims. Okay, uh, so that is By the Grace of God, which is in cinemas, and it's on Cousin Home Cinema as well. So if you cannot make it out, uh, you can always watch that one at home as well. And Sam, you mentioned Spotlight there. I think yeah. um, something like... It's a fair comparison, completely. I mean, yeah, well, the poster is in the film, as we mentioned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but also one for fans of films like All the President's Men. Yeah. Um, I think the report that's coming up as well, these are, these are films about procedure, about paperwork in a way. Um, <laughs> but they handle it very well. Um now it's time to move from France to the jungle of Colombia uh, for Monos, the film that has just won the best film at the London Film Festival. And Ella, you're very excited to talk about this one. I have been excited to talk about this film since February. So Monos has done the rounds. It went to Sundance, it went to Berlin, it landed at the London Film Festival and it's finally coming out this week. So it is the second feature from um, Brazilian filmmaker Alejandro Landes. And it is set on a Colombian mountaintop where there are these eight teenagers who are basically the lowest rung of soldiers. And they have, they have to take care of a war prisoner and a cow. And they, they aren't really told what's going on too much, they, but they're just under strict instructions from a man called the Messenger, who is essentially organising this mini army to to do what they have to do it's this boot camp it's war it's terrifying they're in the jungle it's yeah monos. and uh you said they're not told what to do uh we are not allowed that no. privilege either <laughs> um and this is this is uh quite an experience to go into blind uh which every audience member in a way will yeah you're um, given absolutely zero context mm -hmm. for this film you have no idea where these children come from what this sort of paramilitary group they're involved stands for like why they're doing this what the hell's going on and the film's all the better for that. Yeah. Um, it starts in the ways that one might expect of a military film. You've got people standing and shouting and barking orders mm -hmm. and doing exercise and doing that. Um, but maybe five, ten minutes in, you start to see stuff like, there's a there's quite a bit of kissing here and people just <laughs> kind of firing guns into the night. And, oh, yeah, these are just 15-year-olds mm. who are yeah. somehow on the top of a mountain in Colombia where there's some amazing kind of old, brutal concrete structure that they're living underneath and they're tasked with protecting a cow. It's chaos. It's Yeah. And what's really incredible, I thought, is that you have this thing of like, okay, you realise very quickly these are teenage soldiers and they are very hormonal. They are very awkward with each other the way teenagers are. They're very horny. <laughs> they mm. are... You know, they're, they're shy to each other. They are, they're proper teenagers. But then they're also can be very intimidating as soldiers. It's not like, it's not a comedy. It's not a joke that these teenagers are soldiers. They are proper soldiers that go to war, that have battles. And I think it's, an, it's a really interesting balance that the film strikes up that you do feel intimidated by these kids, essentially. Yeah. Um, it's such a, a weird film. But, <laughs> well, so, uh, but Alejandro Landers was saying that the starting point for this film wasn't the war, it was the teenagers and finding a way to kind of air the the conflict and the frustration 
and all of these, you know, really strong emotions and impulses that they have. Mm. And yeah, to have that, to have them at war with themselves first, and then you place that against the conflict of, in this case, the civil war in Colombia. Yeah, and what you mentioned there, Sam, about um, that they they are intense as mm. as people, and they take themselves very seriously. And in a way, going back to this idea of the like the misunderstood teenager that he's he's trying to make the the film about, I think maybe it's trying to instill in that us the feeling that a teenager would want that their beliefs are real, that they and are intense, important. and you must yeah. take me and seriously. Their, and their confusion as well, because, again, the lack of exposition and the violence and everything they have to deal with, it kind of puts us all in the same boat of wondering, like, why are they there and why is, you know, everyone trapped and is everyone a prisoner as well? Mm, it, does a, it does a really good job at kind of... Uh, I don't want to say welcoming us into this world, but throwing us. Yeah, I mean, uh, we are we are dropped into it, but we're given um, quite a solid la- a solid landing. <laughs> um, but from there, like you, you've got Jasper Wolf is the cinematographer there, and who you gives such an interesting sense of space um, to the two different locations here. So you've got Chingaza Paramo uh, in uh, Kundinamasa, which is the top of this mountain, and. Uh, that's where the first half of the film yeah. really takes place. And then the jungle of the Samania River Canyon as well, the second half of the film. Um, so you've got like bright air, clouds, blue skies, intense fire, um, clear faces. Like in neon the, green of the yeah. forest. And yeah, it just changes to that. And both of these places are so remote that they've never been filmed in before. Wow. That's incredible. And so it does just mean that each shot Obviously, you would, you would never be able to tell like one blade of grass in this jungle to another blade of grass in that jungle. But overall, that effort of going to capture images that no one has done before, yeah. regardless, mm-hmm. of, it doesn't matter if we know where it is. It does feel like we're getting something totally fresh. Mm-hmm. And there's a real Herzog feel to this as well. I thought this idea of the uh, the sort of overwhelming nature of the natural world around you, completely changing how you act, and you know, making you the chaos around you <clears throat> infect into your brain and these these yeah these these teenagers go wilder and wilder and there's scenes toward the end where they're covered in this like bizarre body paint that just further and further removes them from what you think you know about teenagers and and people and yeah it makes them just blend into the, what what's been surrounding them well and i think it's you can look at that imagery like right from the start and you can see that this is this is nature just consuming mm. humanity trying to put its foothold yeah. on the jungle like that they built this building at the top of the mountain, but it's desolate. It's falling apart. This is what happens when you try and force mm. humanity yeah. onto this world and it just kicks you it's out. It's fighting back. Yeah. yeah. It, there's also uh, it inspired the same feelings that The Revenant inspired in me, where you, you can really feel like the dirt under your fingernails. And <clears throat> this, obviously, as you said, the scenery looks beautiful, but it doesn't look that welcoming. You wouldn't necessarily want to be there. It looks, you know, it's such a harsh environment. And even though you're at the top of this beautiful mountain, it's so like, everything's really moist and wet and grimy. Mm. And um, going back to the kind of influences on this, I think with kids stuck in the woods and even a a pig's head on a stick at one point, uh, anyone who studied Lord of the Flies (laughs) at GCSE, I'm sure is going to have a nostalgia trip going into this one. Yeah, it's it's front and centre of the film. You know, these sort of, represent the whole of society in uh, eight children you know that that's very lord of the flies and i think this film wears that on its sleeve mm. it definitely it seems like something that the filmmaker's he's always mentioned it as well when talking about his influences but it's interesting when the other film that he also mentions is apocalypse now and that's when you see really how seriously 
he takes this war. And when you see it, it doesn't seem like it's teenagers trying to kind of uh, try and be adults and try and catch up and, and become violent. They're very convincing in, in, in what they're doing. And mm. I think some of that comes from the fact that for the vast majority of them, they're not actors. This is their first role as much as the, the eight teenagers as um, the chap who plays the messenger he was trained within this army and this is his first acting role in this and they're all just astonishing. Mm. And the fun fact of all of the children, the most famous one, some can say, is Moises Arias, who I will say that people might know from uh, Hannah Montana, in which for many years he played the character called Rico. Uh, I did not know this. But uh, Sam and I, you and I I had the same experience of watching this kid and thinking, who is this kid? Yes, it was driving me insane. And then you told me today he is, is it, Biagio yeah. from uh, The Kings of Summer, which is a really great film and actually has a lot in common with this in a way. They're yeah. both this, yeah, again, very Lord of the Flies influenced story of sort of teenagers going off into the woods and trying to create their own society and have their own sort of social hierarchy within that. Yeah, I mean, but that on is... On a far less yeah, intense level. That, that is like a, like a lovely, warm, gentle one <laughs> yeah. uh, compared to this. Absolutely. Um, just want to finally mention Mika Levy's score for this. Um uh, we always love to see her working, and I don't think she's put out a bad score yet, but this, uh, for me, is going to join the ranks of Under the Skin and Jackie. Um, really fantastic atmospheric work, um, and it manages to combine the kind of epic scale of the landscape with the innocence that's battling in between these kids. You've got, like, lovely whistle, uh, glockenspiel, very innocent sounds, but they're meshing with these mm. large, ominous whooshes. Uh, it's really great stuff. Uh, and that is Monos, which is in cinemas. Uh, I would recommend getting that to that one. Watch it loud, watch yeah. it big. Uh, really get yourself, as you say, Sam, covered in mud. <laughs> yeah, throw yourself in. Yeah. All right. Um, if you don't fancy going to the cinema, you can always watch something on demand. Over on Home Cinema, we've added Steve James' Hoop Dreams. Yeah, 25th anniversary of Hoop Dreams. Um, so this film is widely considered one of the greatest documentaries of all time, uh, looking at the lives of these sort of inner city uh, African-American inner city kids uh, trying to become basketball players. Uh, hugely influential, really lovely film. One of Roger Ebert's favourites as well. And it's the same director of Life Itself, the documentary about Roger Ebert. Yeah, um, that is a very cryy double bill. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Watch those two together. Um, And we also want to mention non-fiction, which we put out last week. That's on Curzon Home Cinema. Uh, And I actually had a nice chat with Andrew Bannister, who designed the poster for non-fiction, if you've seen that dotted around. Uh, So there's an article up on the Curzon blog, and you can read all about the discarded designs and font choices and all the things that interesting people like me find interesting. Sure. Uh, Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah, okay. Vote confidence. Kills some time. Yeah. That's it. Put that on the poster. (laughs) Put that on the poster for the poster article. It kills some time. All right. Uh, If you've got any thoughts on By the Grace of God or Monash, you can let us know by tweeting at Curzon Cinemas or all of us. We're there. Uh, I'm there at Jake H. Cunningham. Sam, you're on Twitter Uh, as Sam Howler underscore one. Ella? Uh, Ella underscore Kemp. Brilliant. And uh, if it's your first time listening to this show and you've enjoyed it, do subscribe. You can do so on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Uh, But until then, I think that's about it. Um, So let's go around the table. We don't do that. Uh, Sam, uh, (laughs) it's it's bye from you. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Ella. Bye. It's goodbye from me. That was nice. Bye-bye. Great. Lovely. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.